0: Use promo code MADNESS50. That's MADNESS50 to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today.
1: Hot. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, One.
2: everybody, this would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We recorded version today. Your boy is skipping out of town, flying down to Miami to catch a Clippers Miami Heat game. It's more about my son than it is anything else. He, as I've told you before, loves the NBA these days. And he loves Clippers because of Terrence Mann. And now, thanks to JetBlue, I feel like I should be a spokesman. I can get down there and uh, no time and for not that much money. And so we're gonna do that. But I wanted the content to come out today. And Tom and I gathered here this morning in order to do that. So what you're watching, if you're on Warchant TV and what you're listening to, if you're driving about uh throughout town today on 93.3 Real Talk Radio is pre-recorded, but it's the same day. Um Tom, weird day yesterday, man. I I, I we did the show and uh, I was grateful that we were on the air. As uh, we we got the confirmation uh, that Mike Martin had passed away. Um, it's it's weird to do a show in, in those moments. I thought um, it was great to be able to get Eric Llewellyn on uh, yeah. and, and kind of hear his thoughts. But also, it was nice to come home and sit there and chat it up with Corey and Ira about uh, our remembrances of the man, if you will. But, you know, after that, I went to a basketball game, my son's final game of the year and uh, i was thinking about sports i was thinking about connection in sports i was talking about relationships in sports and i was thinking about a lot of things um and you know i told you this morning that uh i was i was perusing the vaults of nolfan.org. i don't know who's in charge of that site or who does it but you can you can dig down deep into uh, box scores from games that you went to when you were or that I went to in in the early nineties. And when I did it, it was a a veritable who's who. And, you know, I'm sitting there looking at box scores. I I can remember specific afternoons. I I remember details of games. It was one I was looking at my, my buddy, uh, Nick Deluzio was the, uh, uh, Mr. Deluzio was the, was the umpire. and, And he has since passed away. And of course, Mike Martin passing away yesterday and, we were talking, Lee Bowen, who gave me my first job, all connected to baseball. He's passed away. Uh, Steve Ellis, Ira told a story about Steve Ellis. Steve Ellis was a writer for the Democrat that, um, you know, the same week I met Mike Martin and got a chance to go to a game and cover a game, um, Steve Steve kind of welcomed me into the press box. And uh, I remember thinking, how cool is this? I I had read Steve's columns and – uh, his pieces in um, the Democrat for years. Well, he's he's since passed away, and um, and I don't say that to be morbid or sad or anything like that. But I was yesterday gave me a chance to think about those people and their lives and how I was connected to them and the relationship and the things you build through sport and how fortunate we are to work in sports. And in fact, yesterday was not sad in a lot of ways. It was uplifting uh for me uh to think about those people and the impact they had uh on this community on Tallahassee uh on Florida State University on the students the fans and the people that went through the doors there at Hauser through the gates at Hauser i remember for the longest time um and i and i still think this is somewhat true uh, i my best days uh the the, the moments that i have probably my most fond memories of Florida state isn't a national championship game, isn't a rivalry game against Miami. It's a leisurely afternoon sitting with buddies of mine at Dick Houser stadium with a slight breeze and blue skies and watching baseball on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And 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 just talking about our day and, you know, maybe in class or what we had to do after the game. Or if we had nothing to do, did we want to go to Wings and Rings on Pensacola Street and have some beers? Uh, you could get a pitcher for $5 or less and um, watch other sports. And we would just kind of map out our weeks and, and that. And it was all centered around Florida State baseball. And it was always something, you know, I, I, I don't know if I thought about it at the time. But going into that stadium, you know, in the 90s, you know, I'm I'm talking about 91, 92, 93, 94, uh, the entirety of the 90s, frankly. Um, Ira brought it up yesterday when we were talking, and he was saying that, man, the magic that existed at Florida State in the 90s is – maybe when you're immersed in it you you can't recognize it but you sure can now in retrospect because the football team was dominant and was good every year i mean the 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 bottom line was to talk about football was to talk about a run at a national championship every single season of the 90s that held true there wasn't a year that went by where in preseason you weren't thinking that they could win the national title and Simultaneous to that, Florida State baseball was one of the biggest things going. Uh, It was uh, a dominant program, and the quest to win the national championship was all that remained. I mean, the individual awards, the uh, superstar pitchers and, and players, they had been mounting. Mike Martin had been building this since he had come on board as the head coach in 1980. And now you just assumed the same type of things about baseball that you did with football, which was that maybe this is the one, maybe this is the team. Maybe, you know, that a kid, J.D. Drew, will lead the way. Maybe Doug Minkiewicz will lead the way. Maybe uh, Jeremy Morris will lead the way. Maybe, you know, just like you so many great players. And that obviously continued into the 2000s. But the 90s, I mean, there's a slew of great teams and all Americans and you just I, I certainly did take for granted at that time uh to 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 be able to walk in and and sit with other students and just kind of take in a an elite product and a fun atmosphere. And 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 anyhow, I, I did reminisce a lot about that yesterday on the passing of Mike Martin. I did think long and hard about how oh, wow, man, I don't know that there will ever be another era. I know that everybody gets old and nostalgic at some point, and they think that their time uh, was the best time. You know, you'll hear that. You, you hear old men. My dad will talk about how great it was basically growing up in the 60s, right? And, uh, and, and, and I'll think, well, probably for music, he might be right. He might be right that, that, that there'll never be another era like there was. Um, you know, I'm a music aficionado at least in terms of rock and roll and the melding of so many different styles, he may be right. There may be never be another sixties for music, The transformation from the stiff fifties to what happened in the sixties. That may be true for Florida state. They may have uh, great achievements moving forward and they may end up winning more national championships. My hunch is they will in football. They may finally win one in baseball. Um, I don't know in my lifetime if they'll ever win a national championship in basketball, but I would say that um, that era, that stretch of 10 years from 1990 to 2000, I don't know that that could be replicated. Go back and look at those records and look at those teams. It's unimaginable now. It just, it just is. It's amazing to think about.
0: For me, I had an inverted experience yesterday. Um, I was, I was thinking about mostly the good times when we were on the air um, you know, the, the moments that behind the scenes, I was so privileged to see the laughs I had because um, you know, Mike Martin was a funny man. It's same thing as Bobby Bowden. Like they had comedic timing to them. The both of them did. And, like, they just say stuff and he'd be like, Oh my God. And it's not inappropriate. It's just well-timed. It was, uh, there was a video circulating yesterday of him talking about, I'm faking it through this press conference. I hate losing to Florida. I want to tear things apart. I'm just faking <laughs> it right now. And like, Yeah, that's very on point. And there were so many of those pressers that you you almost lose count, and then you realize how special they were in that time. But where I got sad was Florida State baseball has been a constant, and um, figures like Mike Martin are constants until they're not. Yeah. But you think that they're always going to be there. You think that they're always going to be at the pinnacle of the sport, and it's like you can set your watch by Mike Martin winning 40 games. You could. And for a period, 50, you know, for a period in there. And when I was a kid growing up in Clearwater, there were like a few sports that I really enjoyed. Like as a little, little kid. And one, baseball was it. But it was like the Mets on on uh, WWOR, which we still got. Yeah. And then it was Sunshine Network on the weekends because Sunshine Network on the weekends had Florida State baseball. And Deckerhoff would – Pretty much usually be on the call, but whoever it was was on the call. The games against Miami, the games against Florida, like I remember that as a child. And Mike Martin was a constant because then they go to the College World Series and ESPN televised it when it went from ABC to ESPN, so you could catch those early games. And and the De Blasio family, uh, Mr. Phil De Blasio was my science and math teacher, very good teacher. Uh, but his two sons played for Mike Martin, and Mike was the older son. Matt was the younger son. Well, Mike would come down from Tallahassee during my middle school baseball season to give us pointers, and it, it struck me yesterday that maybe, just maybe, he shared an insight with me that Mike Martin had shared with him, and that connection on that level. Then I cover the sport years later in between Buster Posey's there as I'm a student and I'm watching Buster do unimaginable things. And the, the win over Ohio State where they're still scoring runs. Like, I don't know, Mike Martin was just a constant in my life well before I ever attended the university. And one of the first things I ever did when I got to campus, two things where I really felt like a knoll for the first time. One was my first night when my mom and my sister stopped packing my stuff. I was like, all right, get out of here. I just want to be, I want to to be in this. And uh, I walked over to the Civic Center. I walked over to the TLC, double C and Florida State closed out a win over Virginia Tech. This is January of 2006, 18 years ago, good Lord. And then the next thing I did was something that you did. The stadiums used to be open for students, man. I went to Hauser. I was waiting for a class that I had in UCD over in the stadium. And I just sat in the stands. Maybe it was Section B, but it was first baseline. And my notebook was open, and I was going through stuff, and nobody was there. It was just a cool breeze, and it was January. And Mike Martin was the constant there, too. Mm -hmm. So I'm very sad in, like in the beginning, because you know it was a prolonged. It was even put out there, like the public understood towards the end, that Mike Martin was in hospice, and you know this had been a a bit of a rough final chapter. So I felt relief for everybody involved, and my heart still goes out to the the family. And there's going to be tough days, but after after the the relief, it like it's it hit hard. It it hits hard, man. That that program, that man, had been. A presence for my lifetime and yours. You're older than me. (laughs) He's a constant for you, even more. And some folks that are in their sixties, he's a constant for them, or maybe even their early seventies. It's just a, a remarkable person. A remarkable person.
2: There was a stretch of time, and there are people who listen to this show who will know that I'm referencing them. Um, and I'm I'm thinking about them now. You know that when I was I would go to every single game. There's probably about a, I would say, seven to ten year period, where I went to every single home game, um, and 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 this is before I was in sports talk radio. And then, kind of, it it crossed. It crossed. It went from, I was a counselor, uh, working at ACHS, um, and and dating somebody who was uh, getting her PhD. She was a huge baseball fan. I've referenced her many times and we're still friends and, and it's all, she's married and happy and lives in Texas. And uh, she may be listening now. And uh, those were good times. Like we would go and sit together and, and keep score. And, and there was this little group. This is before the stadium expanded, Tom. Uh, it, it didn't have the seats all the way down the first baseline that you see now uh, that, that wasn't always there. And. We would sit right there near Section B, and uh, there was a group, uh, you know, Pam and these other folks that just would all be around us, and we would go to every game, and we'd have conversations about players and about Coach Martin and about the team, and it was like a little family, and there are so many people that feel that way, that have had seats over there, you know, to the point where, Tom – Let's be honest, I've made fun of that fact, right? I've made fun of the fact that it's an old crowd. <laughs> it's an old crowd. There are people that have been season ticket holders over there. And really kind of, you got to thank Mike Martin for a lot of that. Building the tradition, building the winning ways for, for so long. But I would see those people. I'd see the old timers come in and they have been going to games since his first year. And now it's 17 years later, and they're still going. And then it's 25 years later, and they're still going. And I remember them at one time youthful, uh, and now not so much. I'm sure people think of me the same way if they've been around for the ride. uh, I was certainly a lot skinnier than I am now, had some hair, and (laughs) went to those games and – those are just the best times. I mean, I, I, you are hard pressed. Now, first of all, you and I have a bent towards baseball, uh, the pacing of the game and what it allows for you to do and what baseball allows for you to do for people that don't share that passion is have uh, time to talk. Uh, Baseball is a sport that gives you a break. Baseball is paced in such a way where you can be quiet and not say a word to one another for, 45 minutes. You're both just observing together each pitch. The rhythm of the game is infused. And then somewhere along the way, somebody breaks the silence and, Hey, are you going to go back home again next month and, you know, see your brother, you're going to, you know, whatever it is. And the conversation happens between pitches. And I think that creates bonds in a way that certain other sports can't. Now, football is gladiatorial and violent and energetic. And that also has a vibe to it that can't be recreated, but it's different. It's very different than baseball. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just, I feel like a lot of those connections, I think a lot of people reflected uh, quite a bit yesterday. We did know that Mike Martin was ill. We did know that this day was coming, uh, but on the day that it finally happens, I think you, you go down memory lane I hope for a lot of people that they were able to do that in the same way that you're talking about in the same way that I I'm talking about now, which is that, you know, you can mark the calendar, you can look at your life. You can talk about the years you spent the most amount of time in that stadium for me was the nineties for the most part. Um, And I'm, um, 99% of the time when I'm thinking of those things, I'm thinking of happy memories. I'm thinking about great days. I'm thinking about fun teams and magical moments and elite players and good people, just good people. That's what I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking about the way that that felt, and it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, The way that, that baseball allows for that type of conversation, a mutual friend of ours, a sponsor, Bill, has a great setup. You know these days, uh, with with season tickets to Hauser, you know they go, they tailgate, and you've been around those lots uh, a bunch. You could meander to Section B and have a big time. You could just go to the back of a truck. There, there's a friend in the distance. He decided, to, you know, take an outdoor chair, just sit down, listen to music, whatever. It, it's just got an intimate feeling at Hauser in a way that Dope Campbell on a Saturday—that's a production. Like you are there. Is, it is high octane right. adrenaline at all times. Baseball's got a rhythm to it, even down to the tailgates outside of Hauser. It's quiet. It's peaceful. The weather in Tallahassee as the season goes along, too. That's it's the background on my phone. It has been for years. It's sitting under the oaks. It's just I'm sitting under the oaks and I take a photo of the sky under the oaks like that to me is is what it is. That's what life is. It's what it is about. That's why I love to golf. Uh, But our, our friend has a perfect setup. I won't say where, but. It's he and somewhere between two and four or five friends every single game standing up at the back and just talking. Yeah, there's some beers being traded as the game goes along, but you're watching the game, you're talking. That is what baseball is about, and we got to do that while watching a, a program win at the highest level every single year. Do they get the job done in Omaha? no, no. But every year that you went to games at Dick Hauser Stadium, you know how many, like the winning percentage? Oh, it's insane. I had the Sunday streak that went forever in a day when I was still covering the game. Like they hadn't lost in Sunday goals in years and years and years. Yeah, yeah. Because that's when the depth of your weekend staff and, and the power of your program flexes itself is on that third day because you're that much stronger. But you just think about, like, if you went to 500 games at Hauser Stadium, and I'm sure you've probably been to more, Let's say you went to 500 games in your time. You know the winning percentage in those games?
2: I mean, it's 80-something it's percent. It had to have been. Easily, yeah. To the point where when you lost one, you were kind of surprised. I mean, when I was going, when I was referencing those 90s teams, Tom, if you go back, those are the 50-win teams you're talking about. Those are 52, 55, 53, 54. I, it's unbelievable. And you know, I, I I remember J.D. Drew's debut. I remember John Ford Griffin's debut. I remember all of these players and the hype surrounding them when they got there, the excitement to see. You know, you'd get whispers early on. And then later when I joined the media, which wasn't until 98, 99, you know, I I to hear it from the man himself was really cool. And I told that story yesterday that Lee Bowen, you know, told me, hey, since you're going to be talking about this program on the air, I think you should meet the head coach. Come with me. I've got to do my prep for the season because Lee was the play-by-play announcer, of course. And Eleven was would just hold court, you know, and it was me and Lee Bowen. That's it. Sitting in a room at a desk at a table with Mike Martin. And he didn't know me from Adam. But the very first day I met him, by the time we left there, it was as if we were old friends. He, he would take my calls from that point forward. You know, you got to remember, Tom, this is it's pretty much pre-internet and pre-all that stuff. And so, like, the information you would gather from the head man himself was vital. You know, I mean, we weren't so connected all the time. I mean, this, didn't, this wasn't a thing. You know, you, you didn't have walking computers in your pocket. Um, so getting information and having access to certain information was very important. And he would, he would tell me, Hey, here's what, here's what I think about, you know, our situation at third, this is what I'm going to look at doing. And I was always grateful for that. But I thought about that a lot too yesterday. Like, Oh man, I don't know how many coaches, I don't still know how many coaches would do that. I mean, at any era, you know, just sit there for an hour and a half talk to you on a on a a weekday where you know you're prepping for the season and all that and go over position by position i mean he did that uh, for a long time uh years later it got easier because we did you know we all were working on computers every day and you had them at your house and you had you know all that stuff i used to to go into work to (laughs) my broke ass didn't couldn't afford a computer (laughs) top go to the library
0: and go to work on a word processor yeah well that's the one thing about you know I think as we get older, even still, uh, maybe 20 years from now, and look back on the era like Mike Martin coached in. It was always so weird to college coach versus manager, but I mean, the amount of management that you would have to do, the amount of coaching that you would have to do. I think when we get to about 2040 or 2045 and we're breaking down sports, people are going to marvel at successes like Mike Martin's. Because you didn't have the answers. like You've got a
2: lot of answers to the test now with analytics. Yeah, yeah analytics and statistics tell you a lot. Yeah.
0: It, I mean, it's akin to, you love this game, blackjack. Bringing that card with you of what to do, putting it on the, on the felt, and then playing. But you've got the card there to reference. That is modern-day baseball. That is modern-day. There is a little bit of feel, but there's a lot yeah. of that card going on. There's a lot of that. And what Mike Martin was able to accomplish without the card, he had to have it in here, Mm. is remarkable. People are going to call that 10, 15 years from now, the era where managers had to fly by the seat of their pants. In a way, they were flying blind, and they just had to have a feel for it. And he had a feel for it at such a ridiculous clip that it's something that won't be duplicated. It can't be. There's too many analytics to get in the way. I'm not saying they're not a good thing. I'm just saying that the instinct that you have to have over that many decades of success, it's unmistakably great.
2: Well, I, I think there's a tacit knowledge and understanding of situations that is built up over the years, and when you lose veterans of the game, stewards of the game, people that were in the game for 60 years, 65 years, you know, I, I had the good fortune of talking to Jack McKeon down in uh, mm-hmm. South Florida, Jupiter, where the Marlins were training, and Uh, I've told you this story. I, I took a picture. I mean, I'm just sitting there with Jack McKeon. He's smoking a cigar and we're drinking a beer together and just talking because my buddy Matt, you know, got me into the offices where the Marlins crew is for spring training. And then you walk out of those offices onto a back deck and you're overlooking the field. So you're in straightaway center. And McKeon was still coming around the program. Why do I bring this up? Well, Jack McKeon was friends with people that played with Jackie Robinson. yeah, Yeah. And knew people, I mean, it's, he knew Branch Rickey. (laughs) So talking baseball with him was insane because I could see him go through the Rolodex of his mind and just tell you situations, second and third. And he would just talk, I was asking, I was trying to think of so many questions and I was trying to figure out, oh, my God, Jack McKean was with the Cardinals. He was with this team. He was with this team. How many teams? Who could I ask him? What was his first year? Oh, okay, that was 1962. All right, what do I remember from what I've read? Because I wasn't alive about what happened in these seasons so that I can ask this man these questions, you know, and in baseball people seem to have that, right? They, they know and they had to have it. And at at some time, they just figured out, oh, well, this matchup is not good for him. He's got this kind of a swing. He's a low-ball hitter. That was all here, to your point. And so Mike Martin had that in the college game. Mm -hmm. He had to build that over time and had to, this is is not a good matchup for him. The numbers, he didn't have access to. He didn't know. Well, you're right, Coach, uh, in his 27 at-bats so far in his young career against lefties, he's two for 20, you know. But he knew, he knew. He's like, uh, yeah, this isn't a good match. Well,
0: based upon the swing, he's like, man, he's on that. I don't, I don't like that. First of all, I got to get my uh, outfield shifted over this way because if we miss our spot, that's that's in the alley. So let's take that away from him and let's not throw that pitch again. If we're, (laughs) let's walk him. If we're, you know, But that is the constant calculation that has to be on the fly instead of that's part of your prep that you did nine o'clock that morning because you have readouts on the player. Oh, yeah.
2: it's amazing what they have now. It is it's true. Yeah, you walk in and this it's already decided for you and you know, it, it bottom line is uh you know, a, a very good man. Let's just start with that. Just a good man, a kind man. You know, I I I mentioned it yesterday but I'm very good friends and I've been fortunate in this regard uh to develop that over time because of the show I did with him with Trey Jones, but Trey is a a really good person, and Trey has great family, and just a just a good, solid, salt of the earth guy. And he thought the world of Mike Martin, and I cherish that. I I I love when he would talk about him when he would talk about Mike to me. I mean, you'd see him light up. I mean, it was touching. I remember the first time he talked to me about Mike Martin, who shepherded him when he got here as a as a coach, and you could tell he was forever grateful and he would fly down to Tampa with Mike and they'd play in golf tournaments and influential boosters would, you know, be part of that. You know, you're trying to, trying to woo people for money and, and help out. And I just thought that was the coolest thing that Mike would always do that. And they they would talk at length on those trips down there. And then he would, he would share some of those conversations with me. And I, I just, because I admire Trey, I really appreciated the way he felt about him let me know um, just just how rock solid Mike Martin was. It, my own experiences with Mike told me that, but to see it from a guy and to hear it from a guy who had spent so much time with him, um, you know, it just further emboldened that.
0: That's pretty impressive, too, because he was a pretty good golfer, and he was a pretty good golfer without knowing anything about golf balls. <laughs> chef, we'll
2: remember that commercial forever. I don't
0: know anything about golf balls, rips, yes. and shafts, but I do you know, <laughs> yeah. no know. Man, if I owned a business at any point, like if we ever opened up that pizza shop, uh, yeah. pizza shop pub, and Mike was, was still kicking, man, that would be the dude to do the read. Nobody, everybody knows that voice. Like when he, the best part of covering the game would be the promo read in the scoreboard and left. Yeah. yeah. You know, Gordo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: so I was the PA announcer at Hauser for a couple of years and I, I, he was intimidating because he had a, he had a way that he wanted things to be. And When we would, I would do the introductions as the players took the field, as they would run out to right field, center field, left field, and we'd go around the diamond and I'd have the the team there in front of me. We'd get the lineup card and Jeff Purinton, who went on to be at Alabama with Nick Saban and is now at a small school where he's the athletic director was to my right. And my old buddy, Todd Van Dyke used to be there. And of course, later on, Todd did play by play for women's basketball. And we just it was a it was a cool little family, and we would all be up there in the box. And uh man, I remember I'd get the card and you he would point to you as they played the music, you know, they'd use the bulls music, the ding ding ding, 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 ding you know, and he would point to you when he was ready to go. If you went one beat too early or too late, you'd hear about it. <laughs> you'd hear about it. He had a system he wanted done because he'd meet with the team behind home plate at that time and they would all stand there. And then, you know, the music's going and, you know, the introduction, they told you who the home plate umpires are going to be and all that. Or I've told you at that point who the home plate umpire is and who the first base. And then I would be watching him keenly. And then he'd be like, and he'd point, And it was an emphatic point. And then I'd be like, all right. And whatever I would say about welcoming the Knowles onto the field and I remember there were a couple times where I screwed it up and you did not want to do that. And he would playfully say something to you the next time he saw you, Jeff. And, you know, like, you know, and I remember, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, or if you did, I remember one time he was like, that was a good one today. That was a good one. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, yeah, good times. It's Jeff Cameron show 933 three real talk radio, warchant TV. hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me (laughs) zaxby's like look just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land that's easy i can do that i can attest to that a delicious thick juicy tasty zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at of course the strips are a given you like the strips? We get the strips on game days.
0: The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to
2: a party, a pool party say this summer,
0: and what do I bring? Just bring a beer, giant thing. No. And Zaxby's. Worry about the beer, you bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just oh. make sure you get all the sauces too. They've got like 97 sauces and they're all delicious.
2: I don't know if you guys know this, there are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27, you can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America.
0: They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta.
2: They're everywhere. Look around find you at Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years.
1: Go Noles. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk
2: 93.3. I'll for days again. Most of us in Lazy like the sky. A quick reminder here that this weekend in our own backyard is the second annual Tallahassee Highland Games Scottish Festival. It is a two day event starting Saturday, goes through Sunday, Appalachian Regional Park. Saturdays, festivities, 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Good time. Sunday, 9 to 5. The adults and kids will have a good time here. The um, caber toss, giant log flipping, uh, Atlas Stone carries. Uh, it is, it's cool. I mean, you've all watched the Strongest Man competitions. It, this is kind of rooted in that in the Highland Games. Uh, there's a cow petting zoo, uh, and these are those big-ass dairy cows. Uh, that they have over in Scotland. And uh, Bounce House, too, for the kiddies and all that. Uh, food, family-friendly options at the concessions, as well as um, some tasting of the scotch, of the good stuff. TallyHighlandGames.com to purchase tickets. Tally Highland Games to purchase tickets. Yeah,
0: I put it on the video screen. You could see some of the stuff they do, like these ridiculous strong people carrying big crosses, carrying the Atlas Stones. Like, this is... Uh... This is worth your time, man. I'd I'd spend a day watching stuff like this, events like this. This is the, crazy
2: strength. The Atlas Stones, man. Um, and those I mean, that's just there's nowhere to get your hands. You gotta get the, underneath the big giant it's, ball and it's dense and it's, it's four hundred like, pounds. One yes. of them is four hundred
0: pounds. They just keep going higher. Yeah, they lift trucks, they they flip logs. It's it's wild stuff. And that's just the athletic side of it but there's food there's music there's all kinds of good stuff but
2: yeah it's it's, it's a good time and it is a big vast space everybody will have fun so uh tallyhighlandgames.com. you got to go over to scotland tom it's fun um well you know uh I'm I, I, with ireland I, first, since we're gonna be there together yeah i've only got enough
0: time for ireland but we are going a few days early so i can check out where my uh, my family comes from but yeah uh that was supposed to be the honeymoon i'm lucky enough to have married uh, a wonderful person who thought that St. Andrew's for the open championship in 2020 would have been a wonderful honeymoon. Like that's great. And we would have done it, but not for COVID. So the next time it's going to St. Andrew's, I will let you know what uh excellent golf and, and uh, open packages there are.
2: I'll, I wanted to go. I was supposed to go there for my 50th birthday. Um, that was the big idea was to go golf St. Andrew's and we didn't do it it was a failure on all of my friends and family's part
0: <laughs> <laughs> might have been a thing uh, about covid too the summer of 2021 kind of hard to book at that point
2: <laughs> um so anyhow it, 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 yeah we should we should by the way i haven't even checked today i got i got all kinds of money out there in this, uh, this, the week, uh, that they're playing in the, the pro M did they get any in yesterday? Because I, th- I did. Guess they- yeah.
0: I, I saw that there was a highlight of Rory cause he had took, taken an early lead where, uh, he stuck it to three or four feet in the high winds, um, from about 170, 175
2: out. Yeah. And I also saw a highlight that he was assessed a two stroke penalty. Was he really? Yeah. Um, There's something about a rule where he dropped from by this tree and I, they had just recently changed the rule. Like it wasn't sort of this intentional, obviously silly thing that he did, but he lost sight of the fact that that rule had changed. And, you know, the rules better than I do, Tom, when it comes to where you can drop and can't drop. And, um. Apparently, yeah, he uh, he was assessed a two stroke penalty at the end of the day. So uh, I do see where uh, Dietrich is nine under. Cantley always uh, is eight under there. And um, Pavon, last week's winner, the Frenchman's on a roll. He's seven under as well. So, so Ricky go. Fowler siding as well. So goodness gracious.
0: You got some live wager opportunities. This is a, a dead weekend for me. I, like, you know, all the talk up here right now is uh, the Knicks have won nine straight. So people are freaking out about that. That's all well and good. They have, yeah, yeah, and uh, they want Brunson dropped forty last night. Like I was watching the local news today, but there's no hockey this week because of the All Star Game. They pick the worst effing weeks. Hockey doesn't get it. They just don't get it. You know, (laughs) during Pro Bowl weekend is the time that you want to have like the outdoor classic. You don't want to have the the All Star Game. The All Star Game. Like tonight will be the Super Skills, but it's just. I'm yearning for information. And Florida State took a break this week too off the, the court. They had their bye week. So you're just I, I'm leaning on recruiting. They got one more junior day. I'm starving. So it's junior day and, and some of the visitors that are coming this weekend. That's all I got.
2: Well, this is yeah, I mean, I was tempted to take today off. I mean, we could have taken the day off. And what I mean by that is like you don't need me to preview the Super Bowl for two weeks, guys. You just don't. And I know you don't. And um, you know, that's the hard part. It's it's you're kind of like, yeah, what do we do? Um and, you know, today was a day that uh, before I leave town, I thought, well, we could take the day off. But I, I did want to continue to talk a little bit more about Mike Martin like we did in that first segment. And there are some things out there that we can get into. I, I just I, I I think that one of these days we could do without the two week uh, split after the final AFC, NFC you know, championship games and just go. The, they've done it before. Can we just go one week later and play the Super Bowl, please? We don't need this little Spot, it's hard on us sports fans. It's just tough.
0: Well, and again, I know that people aren't lining up to, to watch hockey, but I am, and uh, why would you ever take that week off? This is your week to put, like, if you put the outdoor classic and saved it from New Year's Day, which is owned by bowl games, right? And the NFL's taking over Christmas now, so you can't go there. But you can go against the Pro Bowl. You could throw the win, and it's, you know what? It's F effing February. You could play the winter classic a lot of places in this country this weekend. But, sure, play a three-on-three game that goes 10-6, to whatever.
2: I um, have criticized the NHL, as you well know, and their pattern of scheduling for a very long time. It's the only sport I know of where, on a random night, you'll tune in and be like, oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to take a break from basketball, watch a little hockey. Oh, there's no games. There's no games tonight at all. Oh, there's one game. There's one game tonight. One. What are we doing You can stagger these things. We don't need 19 games on a Thursday and one on a Wednesday. It drives me nuts.
0: I guess that means I'll do stuff around the house. So (laughs) be it.
2: I got to be a husband and a father and attentive. I have no escapism whatsoever. Hey, go get tickets to the Highland Games. This was a short segment. Had to be ran long in the first one. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. or chant TV. Hey Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family and our friend and fellow Noel Adam Tolliver and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to nolretirement.com. Now, that's one word, nolretirement.com. That notification during the break via email that my Battles In trucker's hat is on the way. Oh, can't wait! Really looking forward to. It. Don't know if you've seen the latest design. BattlesIn.com.
0: I have. They uh, they put out a photo. Uh, somebody was wearing it, uh, a dignitary of sorts, at the East-West Shrine game. So I saw oh, there was a oh. photo at the Shrine game, which last night uh, I think finally concluded. But everybody has been who's been doing those practices, making a name for themselves, which is good to see. But yeah, Battles End personnel on the ground. Good to see that they follow the players even after their uh, their time at Florida State is done to just hang out and fortify that relationship moving forward. Smart.
2: I'm telling you, not because we have a working relationship with and also our friends with the people involved with the Battles in All that's true. In the interest of transparency, all of that is true. Um, and I just talked to Ingram again the other day. But when I talk to people and I've been a guest on a lot of shows over the last two years on this subject, um you know because Florida State's been recognized over and over again as having a really well put together collective. And you know, I remember the first time it was brought up, I was Talking to Andy Staples, and he was saying, look, you know, I've done some looking around and, uh, you know, I cover the whole of college football for on three now. And he said, I, I, everybody you talk to in the industry will tell you they'll name a few. It's not just Fort State. They'll name three or four. But Forest State's name is on the short list of collectives that come up as having done it right, having taken it seriously. And to the point that you're making, that is exactly what they do because it is not a one-off. It is not a check, and then that's it. And you know, thank goodness you're here. It's a we want to we want to make this a complete thing. The relationship you know forged is is one that we hope lasts for a very long time. And I've talked about how they've gone about the process of trying to educate players financially, um, how to how to teach them uh with the money that they're able to earn with name image likeness uh how best to make that go a long way how to set themselves up in case a pro career is not in their future hopefully it is for most of these young men but we know the statistics say that it won't be and so you you got to have a good idea of what you're doing and i i think long term the reason that's important beyond the fact that it's the right thing to do uh and you can just start with that by the way usually with almost any endeavor it's just the right thing to do if that's if you're on the right side of things then you're going to be all right. You can make some mistakes along the way and it'll work out because you're trying to do what's what's important and what's right. But if you start with that, what happens is your reputation grows exponentially with every success because the people who are the benefactors of that, the players who are the benefactors of that. And again, not just financially. Those are people that will then tell the story of the battles in for you. Mm-hmm. You you don't need to trumpet yourselves at that point because you will now have a lot of players and players' parents and loved ones who are willing to line up and have the conversation about that relationship, about that interaction, about that business um, you know, practice. And I, I just think that that's important. And, and that has gone a long way. So I'm not surprised to hear you say there was somebody wearing a Battles in hat there watching some of our players. And by the way, to your point, Our players have done well, and Florida State's been well represented at these practices. I have a suspicion um, that again, the thing we've been excited about with the draft is gonna, it's gonna pass. It's gonna happen. Florida State's gonna have a lot of guys go. Maybe double digit guys go in this draft. That's huge.
0: It is, and and you know, a few things. I'll go back to the battles end part first because. Often it's said that the number one recruiter for a coaching staff is the current players on the roster. So when a prospect comes in and visits for an official or they're on an unofficial, and they want to talk to players in the locker room. They can say, look, is this dude that I'm talking to right now the guy that I'm going to see when I get there for practice or the tour of duty or workouts. And by and large, Mike Norvell's reputation is that he is the same guy, which really helps you. And I think that's what makes his, his, his pitch when Florida state didn't have much to sell, that much better, that much more worth it. And Jermaine Johnson was great to speed that process up. But for the collective side of things, they haven't had enough turnover yet. They've only been in existence for a year to have those types of endorsements from, and I'm not talking about money endorsements. I'm talking about uh, testimonials, testimonial endorsements about the value of what the battle's End brings to the table. And I could tell you from, yes, speaking behind the scenes, there's a few things that they do really well. But the thing that I like the most is, you know, if a player is a transfer or a high school student, and they're presented with a lot of potential options. As I understand it, the battle's end doesn't run from that. They say, well, if you've got a better option,
2: yeah,
1: feel it's, free. You,
0: you only have one shot at this. You know, that, that is the way to approach kids, not saying that, oh, everybody else sucks. We're the best. It's say, no. look, everybody's path is different. The more you acknowledge that, the better you are as a recruiter, as a coach, and the better you will be as an NIL organization. I'll bet you that's the next thing that's coming for the Battles End is those kinds of testimonials from players and parents.
2: Well, that's huge, and it's important that you, know, you have that combination and communication within the, the, the rules, of course, yep. um, with head coach and collective and, and an understanding of how things should go. Uh, Mike is every head coach, truthfully, has to be their number one recruiter. You know, you, you, your head coach has to be the reason that kids want to come there, um, at least from the football side of things. That, that has to be the case. I just hope, Tom, that uh, – and if you would, go ahead and flash this young man up on the screen before we go to break here. We're about to go to break. Oh, no, he's giving me the note. You want to save it till the other side? Might have to. We'll see. There's there's a certain linebacker out there, guys, I'm referencing that I'm excited about. We'll tell you who it is next on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV.